morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC, as well as produce the HRO Today events held around the world. And we are the managers of the HRO Today Association. Today, we're doing the second of a two-part podcast. This is HR Technology Truth or Dare. And I want to welcome back Jill Goldstein, who is the global partner in charge of the talent transformation practice at IBM. So this is our second of our HR technology and AI, truth or dare moment. We're going to be discussing both the opportunities and realities of HR technology. In the last one, we discussed the dare portion. Okay, everyone's talking about, you know, the prospect of artificial intelligence, and particularly generative AI. And Jill gave us some great insights as one of the oldest of the three prevalent platforms is IBM's Watson. And it's been in use in a variety of applications for several years. Now, today we're going to turn our attention from the dare to the truth. A great deal of emotional energy has been spent on the shiny new technology. The state of HR infrastructure overall is not great. More than half the companies in a recent HRO Today survey indicated that their systems were not integrated, and most agreed that their tech stack was insufficient and they lacked the analytics they needed. So today, we're going to ask Jill to talk about the truth of HR technology and a little bit about Jill. Jill is the global managing partner for talent transformation at IBM. She's been there only about six months. Prior to that, for 17 years, she was the global lead for talent and HR operations at Accenture. And prior to that, she was a practitioner, worked for Spherion, which is now part of Ronstadt as their head of HR. So Jill, welcome back to our game of truth or dare in HR tech. Thanks for inviting me back. All right. So, you know, let's talk about technology. And I, I've spent a lot of time talking to chief HR officers here in the U.S., HRDs over in Europe about tech. And, you know, I'd love to get your perspective as someone who is advising these folks, who's implementing technology for them, who's evaluating and helping them transform their operations or providing services to support them. So you're a provider of both platform technology and some best-of-breed point solutions. You also provide services around talent transformation, recruitment process, outsourcing, etc. So a pretty broad envelope. Based on your view of the state of HR technology over your client portfolio of both tech and service clients, and many of them you provide both, how bad is this technology integration issue? And are the myriad of products out there, I mean, just this flood of products that is in the marketplace, are they confusing buyers so much that they wind up buying things that don't integrate well in the first place? Elliot, how could you not be confused? (laughs) The market has such a wide array of point solutions available across the full employee lifecycle at varying levels of maturity and effectiveness. And with all of those options, there are integration challenges. Integrating disparate systems can be complex, requiring significant effort, resources, coordination between platforms and vendors. And we all know that some of our legacy systems may lack robust APIs and interoperability, making integrations just so challenging. So I believe that we're starting off with access to a market that has an abundance of capabilities. And it's tough for even my team to keep a handle of what's available in the marketplace. 
And so I can only imagine what it's like to be an HR professional in an enterprise trying to understand not only what's available, but how to best select and then deploy those niche solutions as a part of a broader technology blueprint. I know it sounds a little basic, but when deploying a new technology, I do encourage organizations to go back to the beginning, right? Have you designed an end-to-end process? Are those processes fit for purpose based on the underlying technologies that you have? Does your organization have full command and proficiencies, not only in the technologies you own, but also the technologies that you are buying, both from a functional and technical perspective? So there is a lot going on, and I think our colleagues in HR have every reason to be confused, Elliot. You know, I joke around. It's dried up a little bit in 2023, but over the last few years, there has been, I'll say the last five years, there's been so much, I'll call it irresponsible VC money and private equity money in the marketplace. I've joked, and you know, you are the successor in interest IBM to the company where I used to work, mm-hmm. Connexa. You bought a, the technology and service arms of Connexa several years ago. I joke if I ever went back in the software business, I would open a company called Yet Again, which was basically I'm doing the same thing everyone else does yet again and just copied and someone said, what do you do? I said, we do the same thing as them. But there are so many, do we need 14 different CRM products out there? And then a whole bunch of other, you know, minor point pieces that are, you know, how many interview scheduling platforms do we need to exist when it's already built into most of the ATS and CRMs anyway, and usually into both. Companies have a CRM and an ATS and an HRMS system, and they all do interview scheduling. That's right. So do you tell people that are looking at buying these point solutions to stick to more? And now I'm going to ask you a really dangerous question, which I like doing and catching people off guard. Are companies better off investing in platform products like Oracle, like SAP, mm-hmm. like Workday, et cetera? Or are they better off investing in individual point solutions from a variety of different vendors? Now, do you guys have a position on that? Well, I definitely have a point of view. And my point of view is that if you've made the commitment and investment to deploy a cloud-based system like Oracle, SuccessFactors, and or Workday, as well as other cloud providers that might provide systems of record, my recommendation is to always start there, that there was a very large investment made in that asset, and that that asset, those providers in the market will continue to invest and grow their capability more broadly. And if you start with an intention to sweat that asset and maximize your investment, this idea of interoperability is almost a given, right? Because you have less inorganic integration to make happen. The one thing I would suggest, though, is that to make that strategy a reality, organizations, whether or not they're HR organizations or IT organizations, make sure that within their service delivery organization and model, that they are budgeting for understanding the roadmap of these cloud HCMs. They're understanding and executing impact analysis each time one of these software upgrades come to fruition, and that they're sunsetting any niche solutions that may now be outdated. So I think it's the right strategy as a starting point, but I think to make it work, you need a commitment to make sure that you're continuing to invest and maximize your investment in those cloud HCMs. One other point, Elliot, just to make this clear, 
I recognize that even though that's a starting point, it may not be the right answer for every organization out there. But I do believe if you start with the presumption of a platform strategy, maximizing your investment in those cloud HCM solutions, then you'll minimize the number of point solutions that you bring in to surround it. I think we're in violent agreement on that. I've been saying it for years, which irritates the software industry, that if you're an enterprise-level multinational, you are better off with a platform approach than you are trying to cobble together a solution that you're going to integrate yourself. You sort of led right into my next question, which is, you know, and you've been a head of HR in a company, so it's your day one. You come in, we understand the problem as you've laid it out. You come in and you discover your infrastructure is not integrated, you know, and you've got kind of a mess, which most people have right now. What are the steps that HR leaders should take to fully integrate their platforms so that they can provide that seamless experience to internal clients and also to be able to integrate with external providers, such as benefits processing, you know, RPO, payroll, et cetera? What do we need to do strategically? How do you need to think about the problem of integration if you're coming in and inheriting an infrastructure? So I'm going to take a step back before I answer your question, Elliot, and I hope that's okay. In my experience, organizations are underwhelmed with the value that they've achieved after deploying a cloud HCM. And that's not because of the capabilities of Workday Oracle and SuccessFactors, as well as other providers, because they tend to be really very strong. In more cases than not, tends to be because organizations made business decisions along the way that sub-optimized the value they were getting from the cloud HCM. So before jumping to technologies as a solution, the first thing that I would do as a new CHRO coming into an organization is to really evaluate and do a diagnostic of my current technology landscape and where I could point back to that cloud HCM before going out and understanding the market. So that would be the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is to recognize, as you were implying, that even though cloud HCMs are great, they may not be fit for purpose as the system of engagement that sits above it, which tends to be that central access point that candidates, employees, managers, contractors, HR partners, alumni, access to get information, to consume that information, and transact business along with HR. And those systems of engagement do tend to be the face of HR in a digital way and helps to, quite frankly, hide anything that's happening behind the scenes as you go ahead and update and perhaps change your technology landscape behind the scenes. So those are the two things that I would do in the first six months if I were entering a new organization as a lead of HR. Interesting. So in the real world, the first thing you're recommending is that people get real about where they really are. Yeah. I think sometimes the folks don't really think about these systems are attached to an organic enterprise that is constantly evolving, changing processes, changing priorities, and they expect that it's going to just change easily. The software has to be able to adapt to the work processes and the workflows. Do you think that the CHROs of today are thinking proactively about technology in a more informed and effective way than, let's say, they may have been 15, 20 years ago, let's say when you were starting at Accenture, there's been a lot of evolution in the HR executive suite. Do you think we're better at this than we were in those days? 
without hesitation, I say that we are in a much better place. CHROs have embraced technology as part of their remit and the way that they're going to deliver value back to the organization. They tend to be the voice of selecting some of these key technology providers, as well as defining the employee experience. So without hesitation, I would say that HR and specifically CHROs are playing a key role in moving the organization forward and embracing technology as part of their remit in a way that I've never seen before. That's encouraging. That's really encouraging to hear. Well, we're uh, out of time and we are going to continue to cover this topic at HR Today about technology. And I may have Jill back on a future podcast. I want to thank Jill Goldstein, who is the Global Managing Partner for Talent Transformation for IBM. She's been willing to play truth or dare with me talking about you know HR's tech moment. We talked about in the first podcast, generative AI. And today we've talked about the state of HR infrastructure. And AI, frankly, is part of it. Many of you in the audience are using it, or you may have providers that have it incorporated into their platforms, and it's not even something you're thinking about, but it is running inside your infrastructure. I think Jill's given some great advice on how to think about the infrastructure and also great encouragement that HR is much more tech savvy in its approach to technology than it was in the recent past. So once again, Jill, thanks so much for taking part in the podcast. Thank you so much, Elliot. I enjoyed it. All right, great. Well, we'll have you back. This is Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today. I hope you found some of this conversation interesting, and we look forward to you joining us on a future HR Today educational podcast. 